Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. We well, honor you this afternoon. You that has loved us. We give you praise. Thank you for light. Thank you for peace. Thank you for joy. Let's be your holy name, O Lord. In everything we say you are God. In all circumstances we celebrate you as our God. We say you are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And to you we return all glory. To you we return all honor. To you we return all adoration. We say let your name be glorified. In Jesus' most wonderful name we pray. Amen. Let's have our seat. God bless us all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. In these times, there is normally kind of different debates around Christmas. She would celebrate Christmas, she would not. If you're not inclined in that kind of conversation, it's okay. But for those who have those issues or questions or things like that, you know, um, I will not be going into those conversations. It is, I get, but one thing that, just one line of scriptures I would say is this, is that Paul went to a place where they were serving idols, and he saw an inscription that says to an unknown God, and Paul used that to introduce Christ. So irrespective of where you fall in this conversation, the most important thing is that we are celebrating Jesus. Amen. Amen. So just wanted to just say that before we go into kinds of conversations also. One of the things that we normally have in events like this, it's not only about Jesus alone. Even when you go to people who have done, you know, who, who go to naming ceremony, you ask them, and what is the name of the child they don't know? Yeah, yeah, they, they get battle. Is it boy or girl? Ah, yeah, I don't know. But they ate, they drank, they had no clue what was going on. And so, on Christmas like this, it is also part of the issue whereby people are enjoying and you ask them, what exactly are you celebrating? And some of them do not know. And at times it's also important that we don't, we in the whole celebration, we just don't forget what, you know, what the day was about. And why the Bible gives 
speaks about certain gifts, which is, we are talking about, you know, we were talking about joy and peace, you know, which is what the scripture says. But I just wanted to just start off, off this point. There is a young man, I don't know if you call a young man, he's quite, for those who watch football, his name is called Jürgen Klopp. He is the Liverpool coach. And I'm going to start off with him. Gary Lillick and those who follow football asked him a question. And he said, in your time in Liverpool, how would you define success? And he made a statement, sorry, it might not be too clear there. He made a statement, he said, the problem about you asking me that question is that I'm a Christian. He said, basically what he was saying was that success for me, he said for Liverpool, for my work in this place, is to make the fans happy. But for me, as what God, as, as me, as a Christian, he said, because when you are asking me that as a Christian, my interpretation of what you are saying is totally different. So, even though I may win Champions League, even though I may win Premiership, as far as is concerned, that is not success. And he says of it, it's quite interesting. He said, he said, he was saying, he said, to be a believer and not talk about it, I don't know how that works. For, you know, for you to be asking me questions and not talk to you about how I define success in terms of what Christ has done for me, I don't understand how you expect me to. I cannot honestly, in good hearts, give a, a response to you about what is success and not first of all think about what success is really in my own view as a Christian. So I just wanted us to start off there as we try to find and understand what, you know, the gift of Christmas. You would see in scriptures, it was all, the Bible would always talk about joy and peace. It's a joy to the world. And things now I just wanted to first of all explain and I'm not even going going about scriptures now you know the um, I have uh, can I have next slide please I have a, a um, you know a, um, this is um, you have psychologists that talk about but this is a psychologist website and I was talking about difference between happiness and joy and you see that most of the time in scripture, the Bible will not refer to happiness. The Bible will always talk about joy. And it says, they, according to them, this is not the Christian, you know, according to them, joy and happiness are wonderful feelings to experience. But are very different. Joy is consistent. It is cultivated internally. It comes to you when you make peace with who you are, why you are, uh, uh, why you are, and how you are. Whereas happiness depends on external trigger, triggered and is based. Uh, sorry, is externally triggered and is based on other other people, things, place, thoughts, events. Because of this, aiming for joy is more beneficial in life. 
Aiming for joy is more better. I'm not reading scriptures. So what? So when the Bible talks about joy, it is not talking about things that are attached to events. It is not events that are triggered because of you know of what you know. I just got a new job. I just did this. I just did that. Now I'm I'm saying because as we begin to to understand what Christ bought, you will discover that then it will it will be easy to maintain your joy, even when everything around you or peace, even when things around you don't make sense. That's why the Bible will call it the peace that surpasses understanding. If you have not got it to a point where people will say, "Let me use the." Yoruba way, I'll try to translate it. Basically, you are not thinking. If you are thinking, you will not be behaving this way. With everything around you to be acting this way, you are not thinking. And the Bible calls it the joy that surpasses understanding. The joy that surpasses understanding. So let's go to Luke chapter, let's just quickly go to Luke chapter 2. The Bible says, Then the angel of the Lord appeared to them and said, Sorry, and, and the glory of the Lord was shown around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause. So that means. This event will cause joy to come. This event will cause joy to come. And you would, you would later go, if you go to verse 13, you would discover that you know, the Bible also says that when the angels were shouting, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Basically what we are trying to point out. So we see here at at at, um, at, at the birth of Christ, the Bible is talking about two things that, that are prominent in what Christ brings. In what, in what the birth of Christ brings. I will pause on that and I will just jump on this. I read a scripture as I was reading the story about the birth of Christ in Luke chapter 1 verse 74 to 75. The Bible says that Jesus, when he comes, he said he will rescue them from the hand of their of our enemies and we and from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and in righteousness before him. And I was like, wait a minute. The Bible says Jesus came to rescue us from our enemies. Where did you see Jesus when he was alive fighting the battle? Because this looks like it's a war zone. You are being oppressed. So when Jesus came, at what time do you do we think that Jesus fulfilled this? At what time do you think that Jesus fulfilled this? Because when what I saw in scripture also is when you go to Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, the Bible says that you shall give back to you, no, chapter 1, verse 12, Matthew. Okay. 
It says, it says that you will give birth to a son and you are to give him a name, Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. So that means that when the Bible was saying he will rescue them from their enemies, what the Bible was saying, he will save them from their sins. He will save them from their sins. And at times, if we are not careful, we say, ah, you know, how is that an issue? First Peter tells us something. First Peter chapter 2, verse 11. He says, dear friends, I hold you as foreigners and as exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. So the Bible is saying what sin does is that he is trying to destroy your soul. But at a time, people do not realize that sin actually is waging war against the human soul. Having said that, we come to a part where in scriptures, a man was paralyzed and they came into the, you know, they could not find the door to get him in. And they broke the ceiling and they dropped the man. What does that sound like? It's an emergency. They needed a response. And you would think that the quick, the first response of Jesus should be be healed. Because that is the pressing issue. But as we read in scripture, we would in Mark chapter 2, verse. Four to, um, four to five, you would see that Bible says, and when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Question, what is more important? The sin should be forgiven or the man should be healed? As far as Jesus was concerned, the urgent issue that needed to be resolved was the issue of his sins. So, and when they were like, what is going on? I can imagine being the one rushing my, my friend in. And I said, Jesus, I need help. Jesus, I need help. And he goes, your sins are forgiven. But I know that is not the issue. The first issue is, now, what does this tell us? Is that, and the Bible talks to us about that, what sin does is that he sets us at war with God. He sets us at war with God. And that is where the, 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 the ministry of Jesus as bringing peace matters. Because Matthew, sorry, Romans chapter 5, verse 1, he said, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have received peace, the peace of God, through our Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 10 of that Romans chapter 5, he said, For while we were enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. So what when the Bible says that peace came, what the Bible is first of all saying is that, is that because you are reconciled back to God, the peace of God finds you out. You are already at peace with God. 
See, the greatest challenge, whether we see it that way or not, is that, see, once, what the, the, that's why the Bible calls it, let me just share what I just, I, I, I wrote something that just came to mind, is that when you, what the devil would always try to do is to make you lose what you have already. That is your, the first thing you have when you gave your life to Christ is peace. And what will make you feel is that that peace is not there. And Jesus, again, it is because our definition of what peace is. That was why Jesus was saying in John chapter, John chapter, um, uh, you know, okay, I said, I said, I said, the devil's trick is to make you hunger for what you already have so that you can lose what you have and get what you don't. When you have had, when Christ came and the peace of God is already settled, you are at peace with God, the first thing the devil will do is, I know there is something wrong. There is something wrong. God is still, you know, some, somebody called him, somebody said, Pastor, can you tell me what have I done? What did God say that I, I have done that is at, at war with me? I said, as God told you that you did something wrong. Challenge at times is that the way we define peace. That's what Jesus was talking in John chapter 16. I think verse 33, where the Bible says, that he said, I have told you that she told you this thing so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. So what the Bible defines as peace is not lack of trouble. In fact, peace, peace and joy are things that are internal. It, when, even when things are going wrong, that person just has peace. Because the first person you need to make peace with is God. And what the death, so what, what Christ brought to us, what Christ brought to us is God's peace. What the backs of Christ brought to us is God's peace. And why do I have peace? Because Christ reconciled me to God. I, what I cannot pay for, my sins, what Christ did was that he paid it for me. So I am not taking his position. As a result, I have this peace. You will see that when somebody gives their life to Christ or when they get close, you just have this peace. You don't understand how it comes, but you just have peace because your mind has finally found rest. And the way you also know that you have that rest is that when things are going wrong, you don't lose your peace. You are just, it's just that. In fact, I thought you'd be questioning yourself that, am I actually thinking right? Because that is why when we go to Philippians, and that's what the Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, the Bible says, do not be anxious about everything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ. 
Now, this is how it works. Let me try to explain it to you. The Bible says, he that prays and, and, and has a double mind will not receive anything. So, when you pray, what God releases immediately is peace. Because what the devil wants to do, after you pray, you go back and start to worry. But what God does is that as soon as you pray, he releases the peace. The Bible says to guard your heart. Basically, when the Bible says God, that means that the devil will want to penetrate in such a way whereby your peace, you will lose your peace. You will lose your peace. May God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. In fact, when the Bible also talks about joy, the Bible says a joy that is inexpressible. The, um, in Matthew chapter, sorry, First Peter chapter one, it says. Let's go on, please. In the chapter 1, he says, he says, though you have not seen him, you love him. Even though you do not see him now, you believe in him. You are filled with an inexpressible, glorious joy. So that means that what the Bible is saying, that these two things is not dependent on what happens around you. Can you imagine someone like Paul writing to people, rejoice? How is that possible? Paul is in prison. If you don't know, most of Paul's ministry was spent in prison. All the letters that you see that Paul writes, he wrote them for prison. Yet he will say, rejoice. He said, for my suffering, count his joy. It is for your own joy. Rejoice! If it is us that, you know, we are still not, we still not understood the peace of God. You say, ah, please pray for me. Ah. <laughs> God, what have I done? See the people that I am praying for, see their life. See miracles in their life, see where I am. God, what have I done? Have I offended you? Tell me if I have offended you. Paul, most the Paul that we read, <laughs> that's why Paul said, there is scripture that we normally read. I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. Amen. I will read that scripture, but we all know that scripture. So if I tell, ask you, what are the things you can do through Christ that strengthens me? Volunteer. <laughs> you can overcome sin. Okay, amen. That's good. Anybody again? What are the things you are hoping to, to do? Can somebody open that scripture for me, please? Eh? Forgive. Pass your exams. <laughs> Fruit of the Spirit. Okay. Overcome desires and sin. Okay, amen. Any other volunteer of what I can do through Christ as strengthens me? Hold on to the faith of Jesus Christ. Can you say to love? Overcome death. Okay, good. To love? Love. Okay. Do we have that scriptures? Yes. Yes, ma'am. 
I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Okay. God bless you, ma. Eba Alonso, Babelati, eleven. Not that I speak in respect of wants, uh -huh. for I have learned yeah. in whatever state I am. I have learned in whatever state that I am. Yes, ma'am. Therewith to be content. To be contented. I know but how to be abased. I know how to live abased. That's and the I, level. And I know how to abound. I know how to live in plenty. Everywhere and in all things. Everywhere and that means when you say everywhere, it didn't say. Uh, London, um, uh, what is it called? America? No, that, it said everywhere. Yes, ma'am. And in all things. And in all things. I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry. I know how to, when I have food, how to live when I have food and when I am hungry. Yes, ma'am. Both to abound and to suffer need. Both to have and to suffer when I'm in need. Yes. I can do all things. In our weapon, I said, I can do all things. Through Christ, which strengthens Through Christ, the strengthens Most of the time, when we call that scripture, you know, nobody has talked about hunger here now. <laughs> when I say, you know. <laughs> so, what Paul was saying, when Paul said, you know, I, I mean, I'm not getting, don't get me wrong. It's just so many things that, you know, we have all been taught about. Ah. I can do all things. So Christ that said it in a policy. Ah, but the day you were hungry, the first thing you said, God, what have I done? Have I not served you enough? Paul said, No, the strength that I have in Christ is that the day I am hungry. Do you know that in scripture, Paul lived overnight? Overnight. In the midst of water. Do you know how people use plank? Paul was on water overnight, fighting for his life. I tell you when we read scripture, you know, just it's in our Bible. I'm not quoting anything that's outside scripture. He was on water fighting for life. And yet that man is writing, rejoice. The question is that what, what do they see? What have they, they grabbed that I am still struggling to understand? You know, he said something. He said, whether I am in, uh, I am in riches or where I don't have, what does that mean? Is that every, every time that you are going through that period is a season. But what the devil wants you to do is to lose your peace in that period. So, you, you know, even if the season passes, he, he has already gained. He has already gained. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So that's why I just wanted us to read that scripture that, you know, we all normally read. I can do all things to Christ that stretches me. And God is saying, if you read it well, you discover that what Paul was talking about is that the night I am hungry and I don't have food, the night that I see things that make me cry, I would, I, I can go through that night because there is someone that struggles me. And what will happen to say, uh -huh, with all these things that is happening to you, see, you are still smiling. What is the you you? 
you need to, somebody needs to give you a reality check. Have you heard that before? You don't have reality check. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. The joy that Christ brings. The joy that Christ brings. But do you know what? Even even as much as see, there's some the people are going through where the devil is trying to take away what you have and bring the desire of what is not. And at the end of the journey, it becomes sad. I was watching a documentary recently and was talking about people who wanted to move genders. And, and the problem is that if this was a BBC, it's not um, Christian Talem. It was a BBC, and I think there were it's they they are having more doctors coming out but the problem is that people are hiding their face because if you tell people the truth it will become an issue what has happened is that people think have you um they call them something like um the transition people who have gone the other way and what they were looking for was a peace in their hearts but they found out at the end of the journey that that peace they were looking for was not there. And for some, they just have this false peace. The Bible starts with Jesus said, I am giving you my peace, not as the world gives. And each time I was watching this document, I just wonder why is it? Because medical doctors were blindfolding their faces and saying, if you talk out, you will lose your license. And in as long as they may be small, that community is growing. But what I'm trying to say is that could it be that what is missing is the peace of God? And you are trying to find what is not lost. You are trying to find what is not lost. You know, I, I was wondering, the guy, I, I have you read about the guys that the guys that, um, that, that blew up the World Trade Center. Do you know what they did before they, they blew up the World Trade Center? They went to hotels, slept with women, more than a, a lot of women. You have this thing, they drank. These are people who are saying that, you know, they're doing this to go to. Because the problem is that they are, their heart is looking for a fulfillment that they cannot have. And, you know, I had the privilege, and please hear me out, and I hope that you will understand, is that I had a situation where on campus then, you know, there was rape victims going on, there were so many issues around rape. And there was a peculiarity about a particular style of rape that was happening. After these girls were raped, they were beaten. Then it began to appall to me that it seems like maybe after the heart 
they feel this, there's this kind of condemnation that you now see the person as you are, you made me do this. I'm not saying, please don't get me, I hope you are here with what I'm saying. It's criminal, it's wrong. And at times you will see that at times people who have fallen, I, I, I now wrote an article that time on campus that when these, when these girls, the one that paid, that had caused the harm that you're going through, what you actually need is a heart that is longing for God. You see people, not even, let's even take a part of it. You see people who will sleep with girls and after the activity, you feel bad. Don't raise your hand. <laughs> Amen. You will feel bad because at that time you think that, you know, I can gain maximum satisfaction. And after the heart, you feel more bad than you were before. For some people, it is bottle of wine. Ah, the basso, that's on that side. I see everyone's. After you saw that on that side, you're coming back here. You now discover that after you've. You, it's as if you are filling a hole that cannot be covered. The Bible says that it is because there is already eternity set in your heart, and the only thing that can fill it is God, Christ Himself. You know, there was a time I had a dream many years ago. I was hungry in that dream, and they were bringing all kind of food. I hate every kind of food that I But the more I hate, the more I grow hungry. Until when somebody now brought scriptures to me, this was many years ago, when they brought scriptures to me, and as I was reading it, I became free. When I woke up, the voice I heard from God is, man shall not live by bread alone. So, Maybe whatever it is that you have been running after, he said, if I get this, I'll be successful. Oh, you know, I do want to feel good. It depends on the number of body counts. I want to, you know how, you know, because <laughs> you know, you know, my dad is says something. My dad is say, my children can never smoke or drink. And truly, we did not. He said, because all the drink that I would, they will ever drink, I have drank it. All the smoke that they will ever smoke, whatever they want to smoke it, they don't even want to create now that he has a smoke. To be like, you know, so there is no, they can't, what are they going to smoke? Everything that they are supposed to smoke, I have smoked it. But guess what happened? Even after all of that journey, the the whole was still there. And the question and increasements is that God is presenting an offer and saying, you know, I can see the hole in your heart. 
I can see the desire in your heart. But the only thing that can feel it is Jesus. And as I close this, I just want to just point us to, do you know that when Jesus came, there was only one person that Jesus did not, one category of person, a particular class, that you would expect that God would speak to you, but did not speak to you. He spoke to the astro- astrologers, to the stars. He spoke to the, um, he spoke to the, uh, what's it called? The shepherd. And when we spoke to the shepherd, I think that gets. And the only person that he missed out, he spoke to the prophet. The only person that missed out is Herod. Why? Herod was not willing to hear the truth. If you are not prepared to hear the truth of God, God will not chase you in this church. God will not chase you with his truth. And how do we respond to this? How do we respond to this? Christmas is God sharing his own peace with you. Christmas is God sharing his own joy. And when they, when they wanted to come and worship him, in accepting what he has done, they brought three gifts. We have the last one. We have the gold, the frankincense, and the man. The gold means that it is what they used to worship royals, kings. The question is, is Jesus king over your life? Frankincense means that he is the priest. It is priests that use frankincense. They use it to worship God, deities. Is Christ God over your life? And the last thing they brought for him is where what they used to embalm dead people. Basically, have you accepted the death of Christ as a sacrifice for your soul? If you have missing in any of this, you have not celebrated Christmas. If Jesus is not king over your life, king means that whatever he says is what happens. God over your life, that you reverence him in his holiness. And man means that he was the one who died for my sins. And so as we worship Christ, we are celebrating God, we are celebrating King, we are celebrating the sacrifice, the Lamb of God. And that is how you, 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 you receive Last time I was going to say, as we go to our um, Thanksgiving, is that the way you increase the peace of God in your heart is as you increase your knowledge of Jesus. 
Second Peter, I think it's Second Peter that says that it says the Bible says here that um, um, the Bible says in Second Peter chapter two, it's chapter one verse two. The Bible says the grace and God be in abund- be in abundance through the knowledge of God and Christ Jesus. On that translation, we say be multiplied to you. So your peace is developing as your knowledge about what Christ has done increases. So do you feel that your peace is always is always waning? As your knowledge of Christ increases, your peace is more established. That does not mean you would, you would not find issues. Jesus said you will find issues. In fact, there's a scripture that says that you have been appointed to suffer. That's what the scripture says. You have been appointed to suffer with Christ. It is an appointment. It is, it is, it is not, you cannot miss it. So challenges will come. But the difference is that when you understand the peace of God and the joy of God. I shared it here once. One of the things that made the church of God more attractive in the days of persecution was because of the way Christians reacted even when they were under pressure. Can I tell you one thing? I know it's, it's, may God help all of us. You have not seen the beauty of the church in its purity until you see a church under persecution. Okay. How many of us have lived in the northern part of Nigeria before? Anyone know? <laughs> You've lived in the northern part of Nigeria before. Okay. Northern part of Nigeria before. You would know that there's a difference between church in the north and church in Nigeria, in, in, the, in the south. It's, it's, as, it's as clear as they are light. So they are I'm telling you the truth. The church in the northern part of Nigeria, they are, you don't do, there is no, there is no Christianity, they don't do Christianity halfway. Is that you are, or you are not? I can never forget what they told us when we got there. He said, ah, the man, the man I was here, said, ah, welcome, all you these Christians from the south. He said, he said, this is where we separate men from the boys. He said, if you survive as a Christian here for the one year and a half years you're using, then you can survive well as well. I'm just telling you, I'm going to have weakness in it. You will see the difference in the Nigerian church that is the north. You know you don't hear churches on the north. All these, whatever, you hardly hear them from the Lord. But northern parts Christians are far different from the southern parts. What is the difference? Persecution. I'm not, I'm not saying that we will go to persecution. I'm just saying to you that you will see the church in its purity as persecution increases. 
That's why you will see a difference between the church in Syria versus the church in the UK. What do you first of all know your prayer points is different? Oh, top three prayer points in the South is different from top three prayer points in the world. I have not seen, please, if you, you know, we, we say the same part of the world. I've never seen where they pray for permission. Because they are not promoted. It's not, it's not, there is no, there is no, you know, the highest, I, I was, I was in the north, and you saw that Christians who had masters were clerks in banks. And yet, Christ, non-Christians were this, not, not, not Christians who did not have Wayek, because I was a school teacher. Mori bank manager called And clerk that is counting money is a Christian. And he has masters. And I sat there, I have never seen congregational prayer once for God. They were seeking. The desire day is so different. But do you know one thing I would never forget? I was working because I was pastoring when, when I was the miraculously, by God's mercy, I became a zonal pastor and things like that. You know, people were, you know, I can remember that day when they were doing an interview for me. And said, ah, you know, God has been saying to you that you, you, you would lead the fellowship here. And he says, ah, so but what, what denomination of Christianity do you come from? I said, CNS. <laughs> they could not change it after they had said that. God has said. He said, are you sure? Or is your parents going there and you are not saying, no, I am full blood sins. So, okay, we need to pray. And things like that. So they came back and they said, but what is your problem? He said, do you have any kind of problem? I said, why? I said, why are you going to that kind of church? You know, I said, see, if God told you to, if not, then I'm happy to, to but we thank God for what God did. You know, but what I'm saying is that I was walking down the street one day and I saw there were women and all of them normally wear um, those who don't wear hijab or you know they cover, they wear they don't wear hijab but they cover and things like everybody, no matter if you're a Christian or Muslim, not really religious reasons, but because of the dust and those uh, things area, you know, that's why they cover their nose and things like that. But as they were coming, I was saying to myself, that person is a Christian. And he said, ah, yeah, she's from this um, church, you know, and that's where you have Equa. Those are the, you know, they are the strong ones in those places, and things like that. And you begin to see them, that this one is a Christian woman. How do you, I will not lie to you. I, there, there was a brightness in their face. As they were walking past you, you could see the brightness in their face. They had this joy that was so visible that as they were passing, you could identify that that was a Christian. And that is what we are talking about. The joy that is that even though they are in persecution, it's only in another part of it that I will see that they will blow up a church and people will turn up the next day to come and do service. Charity. <laughs> no, I wonder. I saw they were doing bomb scan part of Nigeria. 
Nobody was in church. <laughs> but in other part of the day, they will come the next day. So I remember an uncle that was called, I called and he said, I said, how are you doing? He said, so where are you going to go to church? I said, to where? He said, you did not say that. Say, hey, we are going to church. I said, hey. And we are going to the same heaven. <laughs> God help us here. Hallelujah. Let us rise up, please. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.